You're listening to a River Life Fellowship message. We hope this message encourages you and enriches your life. For more information about us, visit us at riverlifefellowship.com. So, thank you, Lord. So, I have a special message for you today. This is not your typical message. Okay, I'm going to be sharing. I've I've told you I have this vision I want to share with you. And uh, so that's what we're doing today is I'm, I'm going to communicate a vision with you. And uh, I want to begin by giving you this little quote by George McDonald. Praise the Lord for George. Everybody know who George McDonald is? C.S. Lewis's mentor. He was a Scottish guy. He was sort of a radical guy, really. But this is what George said. This is, this is and has been the Father's work from the beginning to bring us into the home of his heart to bring us into the home of his heart. This is our destiny. And really, that's really what, sort of, if I could say say in a few sentences, this is what the Lord has really been showing me. Ten years ago, the Lord spoke to me and says, you have a new assignment. And uh, it took me ten years to kind of figure the assignment out. Okay? (laughs) It's a long time. I'm slow. But, uh, But the Lord's really begun in the last little while begin to reveal to me what this assignment is all about. And this is what it is. It's a vision, a vision for Father's House ministry. And that's what I'm going to be ta- trying to talk to you about this morning. This vision that I believe the Lord has for us, actually, to me, it's an assignment. Uh, because that's what the Lord said. It's an assignment. The Lord's got an assignment for you. But, you know, the Bible talks about vision. And you've got to be able to see something. Okay? If you don't see it, you can't do it. Now, that's the truth when it comes to spiritual things. If you don't see it, you can't do it. If you don't see yourself doing something, forget it, you know. And God wants to give people vision. He wants to give them eyes to see, eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to understand. So I'll just pray that right now. Father, I pray for everybody in this room right now that they have eyes to see this. It took me 10 years to get those eyes, but now that I got them, they ain't going away. So, Lord, give it that. So the Lord desires to create a place for his habitation in Mooresville, North Carolina. Not that there's not already habitations all around in Mooresville. Has nothing to do with what the Lord's doing already. Uh, it's what God has assigned us to do. This special ministry will, will reflect the Father's house. It must be a flexible wineskin. Okay, that's a good biblical word. Where God is free to be constantly active, bringing spiritual awakening and revival to His people. Now, I want to make one thing real clear to you. That's the basis of it. Without revival, without spiritual awakening, without the Holy Spirit moving, none of this is going to work. Period. It's all built on this one very unstable thing. (laughs) The Lord moving. Because when the Lord moves, it's like trying to walk on water. It feels unstable. So I have premised everything. Uh, It must be a place where people can enter into His river. Let me just say that one more time. It must be a place where people can enter into His river. God has this great river. And... uh, it's in Revelations 22, 1 through 2. It says, He showed me, and I've read this scripture, but I'm going to read it again because I love this scripture. This is, this is what it's all about right here. He showed me a pure river of water of life. Let me just say this one more time. That river is real. That river is literal. It is not a metaphor. On the day of Pentecost, it says that the Holy Spirit came like a mighty wind. It wasn't a literal wind. It was like a wind. This river's literal. Now, it's spiritual literal, but this river is real, and it flows. It says, 
It flows, it proceeds from the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's where it begins at. It began, it began on the cross in the earth. It got released into the earth on the cross. It flowed out of Jesus' side. And it's now in heaven. The headwaters were released into the earth. But it's, it, it comes to God's throne. It comes out of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, in either side of the river, was, was the tree of life, which, has bore, which bore 12 fruits. Each tree yielding its fruit every month. You see, this is an ongoing thing. God is not interested in some halt, stop, stop, starts here, stop there. All that halting and stopping is, is us. It's not God. God, there's, there's, a, there's a constant flow that God wants to release. Okay? And that's what we're, we're looking to tap into that constant flow. All right? It bore this 12 fruits uh, every month, and these, the leaves of its trees were for the healing of the nations. God has healing that He wants to release. This river's got to bring healing to people. She te- Pam Curran testified of what that river can do to a person. She's talking about healing, God touching you. Okay? That's what we're talking about. God wants to release that. He, it's an ongoing river. It's an ongoing flow. And you would be well uh, advised to get in that river and quit being a spectator. You'd be well advised. I know it looks stupid. I know it doesn't look good. I know it doesn't always appear so right. But when God begins to move, He gives us an opportunity. He gives us an invitation to join Him in what He's doing. So this work should come out of the local church, all right? This is a big thing. What I'm going to talk to you about, about this vision is I see the church as being like the heart and the human body. The heart and the human body is a literal pump, whether people know it or not. Your heart's a pump that, <laughs> if you didn't know this, mechanical engineers have designed literal pumps based on the design of the heart <laughs> you know, they use in certain situations. But the heart's a pump, and it pumps the blood, the life through the body. And God wants something to pump the blood. He wants something to plump, pump this, this river out into the world. And the church is meant to do that. That's what the body of Christ is all about. It's not about this other stuff. All this other stuff we've made church is ridiculous. It's a joke. What is a church without the river of God? It's nothing. It's just a, something that people go to and get miserable about. You know, and people do get miserable about it. And I tell you today, in this age we're living, there's more people that have written the church off than in any, probably any age we've ever lived in. And it's because of the lack of the river being released. And God's going to release that river. But the church is not the only thing. Just like in the body, we've got to have lungs. We've got to have livers. We've got to have kidneys. We've got to have other organs to vitally support what God wants to do. So there's going to be a... Uh, the church would be at the heart of a bigger, greater collection of ministries. And that's really what the Lord wants to release to us. Okay, now here's the focus. John 14, 1 through 3. Uh... Don't let this throw you. That's what Jesus was saying. This is a good old Eugene Peterson message Bible translation. You trust God, don't you? Now, that's a question you need to ask. Do you trust God? Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my Father's home. We're talking about the Father's house. There's plenty of room. If that weren't so, would I have, would I have told you that I'm, I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? The Lord is, has prepared rooms in heaven for heaven. The Lord has prepared rooms in heaven for earth now. Oh, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to release those rooms to us. They're there. They're, they've been built for us. He wants us to, to materialize them, to bring them into this world. Okay, and that's what we're talking about. And he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Father will not leave us as orphans. So there's this anointing to break that orphan spirit that's on the world. On every person who's born in this world has an orphan spirit on them. 
Or Jesus went and said, I wouldn't leave you like that. I mean, okay? That's why I'm telling you as an orphan spirit, because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you like that. So that's part of, a big part of what God does. So the goal is to be, to be a reflection of the Father's house. All right, this focus must be guarded and protected. And I'll talk a little bit about this. This is really important. The Father's heart, the Father's house is the thing that we're going, we're, that we're going to go after, okay? The Father's house is a place where He prepares an extravagant welcome for His people so they can con- come and receive from His heart. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about providing ministry that's extravagant. And it's a welcoming, friendly ministry. Uh, so the first thing is... is um, it's a place of hospitality and friendliness. It's a pr- place of hospitality and friendliness. And we've got to become friendly people, okay? And I'll admit I'm the most, one of the most unfriendly people around because by nature I'm introvert, so I don't even really care about talking to people, to be honest with you. I'm happy talking to myself. <laughs> you know, My wife and I, she can get up in the morning, I don't even have to say it. I've learned I better say something. <laughs> I get the smack down on me, but I'm good not. But you see, here was the Lord said to me, Byron, you're not friendly, but I am. You're not friendly, but I am. That's what God was saying. I'm friendly. I want to welcome people into my house. I want them to feel at home. I want them to feel cared about. And if you want that to happen, you better get with the program and start being friendly yourself. And so when the Lord tells you to do something, you, you start doing it because He's doing it in you. So there's a friendliness in me that's not me. It's Him. But he wants me to allow that friendliness and that welcomeness to come forth. Okay, so it's, you know, it's something I'm only needing to, to, to grow in uh, to get, uh, get with the programming. But I want to tell you the difference in this, though. The Lord invites every one of us to his table. Okay, but guess what? We get to eat what he eats. In other words, God is not interested in making everybody happy and making everybody feel comfortable. He wants to do that, but, but he says, hey, guess what we're eating today? We're eating spinach today, Byron. Don't you love spinach? No, I don't love spinach, Lord. But you're, you're providing spinach, so I'm going to eat spinach. And so we're not going to be, a, what we're talking about is not making everybody happy and trying to make every, meet everybody's needs and make everybody feel comfortable, all that stuff. No, we're going to find that when he says, we're eating spinach, we're eating spinach. And we don't care how stupid it looks or what it tastes like. Because God wants us to eat what he has, not what people have determined they need. And the Father's house is like that. Now we can tell the Lord, we don't, I'm going to have a T-bone tonight, Lord. And he may say, well, that'd be great tomorrow night. Because actually I had a T-bone on, on, the, on, the, on the menu for tomorrow night. But tonight is spinach. Tonight is vegetables. I've asked Becky what you should eat tonight. You know, she don't fix food like I want. For a while she did. I had her convinced. Then she, somebody talked to her and she quit feeding me fried chicken stuff. Oh, you had a steak last week. Good gracious, that was last week. I could eat one every day. So that's what I'm saying. This is... That, we need to get that, and that's important. And that's where a lot of people, it, things cut on them. They don't, but the Father's house is very much, when we start eating what he wants, we're going to find something that we didn't find. Anyways, also it's a place of worship. The Bible's clear. The hour's coming, John four twenty three, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. That's what he's looking for. says the Father's seeking that. The Father. We're to, we're to worship the Father. He's looking for us to worship Him. So whatever we do, worship has to be a part of it. It's also a place of healing. 
Uh, the children's bread is a term Jesus used for the healing that comes from our Father in heaven. That's Matthew 15, 21 through 28. I'm not going to go through and read all that just for time's sake. But there, it's a place of healing. I'm talking all healing. I'm talking about every bit of healing there is. I'm talking about healing stuff on the inside. I'm talking about healing stuff in your brain, in your foot, you know, outward man, inward man, whatever it is. God is interested in healing people. God really wants to heal. He wants to heal. He said it was our bread. That's what Jesus said. It's the children's bread to heal. Yeah, yeah and even people don't even believe he does that. So we're not really seeing that there's a great bread that's, it's, you know, people like bread with their meals. That's healing in the Father's house. So um, it's also a place of prayer. Matthew 21, 13. These are very clear words from the Bible. And he said to them, it is written, My house shall be called a house of what prayer? But you made a den of thieves. So these are some of the core values that, that God wants to release in this ministry. These are a few of them. That's a couple more, a few more. But these have to be. When I talk about guarding and protecting, these are the things we guard and protect. These kind of things. What I'm talking to you right in this moment. These are the things that God wants to, to, to guard and protect. Now let's look at the scope of this. The Father's heart must be the core value in any expression of the large and collection of ministry. We're going to read Mark uh, chapter 6, verse 35 through 44. This is the scope. And when the day was already far gone, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate and isolated place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away to go into the country and villages round about and buy them something to eat. That was sort of the disciples' instructions. Okay? That was sort of the disciples' instructions. That was just natural thinking instruction. That, that's going to have to go. Let me tell you, your natural thing has got to go. It ain't going to work. <laughs> you know, you can see what Jesus did with that. But he replied to them, give them something to eat yourselves. Give them, and that's really what the Lord's talking to us about, giving them something to eat ourselves. Uh, and they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii, uh, parentheses, about $40 worth of bread, and give it to them to eat? About $40 worth of bread was about seven months' wages in that day. Think about how much you make in seven months. That's a lot, a, lot, a lot of money. Think about you taking seven months' worth of your salary and buying bread with it. That's what they were talking about there. That was significant. Uh, we ain't really wanting to do that. Give seven months of our salary to feed these people. Just get them out of here. <laughs> it's a lot of bread we're going to have to buy to feed all these people. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? In other words, what do you have? Now, the Lord's asking everybody in this room, this room, what you got? What do you got? Go and, uh, and, and go and see. And when they had looked, so he's given us, he asked you the question, and he says, see what you got. Find out what you got. What do you have? Go and see. And when they had looked and knew, they said, five loaves and two fishes. Then he commanded the people all to recline on the green grass by, the, by companies. So they threw themselves, threw themselves down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. With the regularity of an arrangement of beds of herbs looking in like... So many garden plots. That's just great language to describe this patch of people. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, praising God, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and kept on giving them to the disciples to set before the people. And he also divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. See, that's what the Lord wants to do for people. That's the Lord's table. People eating and being satisfied. And they took up 12 small hand baskets full of broken pieces from the loaves and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. 
did not include their wives, their daughters, their aunts, their female cousins. There was a lot of people there. And the Lord fed 5,000 people. You see, one of the things when we talk about a vision, we talk about something we can't do that's impossible. See, that's really the way it's supposed to be. Because you can't do what God's called you to do in the natural realm. What I'm telling you today, if it's going to be done in natural, it won't work. Forget it. Who cares? We don't want to do everybody. There's so many people doing stuff that they can do. But see, a lot of Christians back away. But God's moving today in multiplication and acceleration. People are being accelerated spiritually. People are being accelerated. He's doing some stuff. People are also going to be multiplied. See, he don't accelerate us. He accelerates us to get to a place where he can multiply what we are, who we are, out of us. That's what he's doing. You can stay where you're at. Some of you are still stuck in yesterday. Let me tell you, yesterday's anointing was fine for yesterday, but today is today. And you can be accelerated if you choose to be. Because it's a gift from God. And it's well-meaning where you're at. You're well-meaning. You love God. You want to serve God. But that was yesterday. It's not going to work for you today. Because we're in a new day. And you've got to really step into what God's doing now. And God, if you'll step in, God will accelerate you. And God will multiply you. God will do through you what you never dreamed you'd be able to do. In fact, you, we need to learn this and, and, and do it because one day we may be living in a world that demands it. It won't be an option if we're going to survive in that world. So the Father has a mission, an assignment for us. Again, I like the word assignment because that's how the Lord spoke all this originally to me 10 years ago. I've got it on tape. <laughs> assignment. The Lord has a new assignment for you. And I got rebuked on that same tape <laughs> for not believing or thinking little. He has a huge heart for his people and huge plans to affect, listen to this, the community, the region, the state the southeast, the nation, and the world. That's what God's interested in. We've got to start thinking outside of church. We've got to stop thinking this. You turn around and look at these four walls. I want you to start looking at these four walls, and I want you to think this. This ain't going to work. That's what you're going to have to start thinking. Because God's thinking big. We think little. We think this is fine. This is good. We're happy here. We like this. We're We're good. We're good when the Lord moves on Sunday morning. We're blessed when the Lord moves. We're blessed when we hear testimony. Yeah, oh, that's great. The Lord's saying, no, that's not enough. There's more. I've got a bigger thought. We need to be thinking about our state. I was saying earlier, I, sometimes I'll lay down in my bed and I see the state of North Carolina. I feel responsible for our state, actually. I feel responsible for what's happening in, the, in this state. Do you feel responsible for what's happening in your state? Do you even feel responsible for what's happening in your own heart? Maybe your, your family, your wife, maybe your home. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's really getting it down. But what about, your, what about the neighborhood? What about the community? What about Morrisville, Statesville? Do you feel responsible? Yeah, God has called us to be responsible. He's called us to. He didn't call us to keep doing and being crummy, being sick, being miserable, being weak. He's called us to be responsible for our state, for the region, the county, the southeast United States, the United States of America. The world. God has a huge heart. He, see, that's God's thinking. He don't think about Sunday morning. He don't think about a Bible study. He's, I mean, all that's good, but what he thinks is big. He don't think about your bills you're paying at home. If that's all God's thinking about, if that's all the way you meet God, you're not meeting God. You're meeting a little fraction. He wants you to think big. 
And the way you think big is get his thoughts. Because you can't think like God. That is the most stupid thing in the world. Trying to think like God. You think like God for 30 seconds and then something else is going to come in the natural. You're going to start back thinking the way you always thought. That won't work. It won't work to be able to do what God's called us to do. Jesus thought big. He saw those thousands of people. How, many, how, much, how much bread y'all got? You got some bread? We can feed, feed 5,000 men easy. These fat old hungry men. <laughs> we, can fat, we can feed them and feed them and feed them until they're stuffed. We don't think that way, do we? So Jesus uh, said this. I really, I want to tell you this. I have a very real burden in my heart for revival for our country. This ain't a made-up version. This ain't something I thought, well, we need it because everything's falling apart. I have a burden that the Lord's put in me. Somebody asked me the other day a sincere question. Byron, how do we get a burden for revival? And I tried to answer him. I don't think I answered him well. But I thought about, well, how do, you like, how do I get this burden? You know how I got this burden? I got in the river. I got in the river because the river, if you study the river, the river demands that it goes out. The river is wanting to go out. It's forcing itself out. That's where the burden for revival comes from. It's getting in God's river because in that river there's this pain, there's this sorrow for the world around it. And if you're not in the river, forget your crummy burden for whatever it is because it won't last. You need to get a burden from God. And God has a burden for our country. He has a burden for our neighborhood. He has a burden for the people at work. And it's not some fake thing we take from the outside. It's something that can be birthed through us, in us, that motivates us. It's not some religious function. Well, we're going to go door-to-door tonight because we're supposed to be doing door-to-door evangelism. None of that stuff. Nah, man. If you don't take me door-to-door, I'm just going to leave and go do it by myself. You know? That's the way it works. All right, this is what Jesus said. Are y'all all right? Luke 4, 18 and 19. Y'all know this. We've quoted this 754 times here. But The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. See, that's another thing, what we're talking about and what God wants to do. It's very outreach. It's very mission. It's very mission, 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 mission. It's not about me. It's not about me just getting what I need. It's about what God wants. That's what God wants. That's what He wants. But much of the church doesn't even really consider that. The scope of the ministry collective, I won't bring up the board this morning for y'all Star Trek fans. Any Star Trek fans in here know about the Borg? It's a collective. <laughs> Includes possibilities. Let me say all this is, here's where the possibilities come. Because like any vision, there's big, huge holes and missing pieces in it. You have a vision, you don't see it all. And it's just not meant to be that way. The possibility is living quarters for people in ministry who, you, who need temporary housing, such as missionaries, on furlough or sabbatical. There will be offices or meeting spaces for other ministries such as missions, arts, education, training centers, sports ministry, children's ministry, benevolence ministry, or prayer ministries. In addition, there will be an emphasis on encouraging and supplying practical employment and ministry for preachers, teachers, evangelists, or child care workers, as well as carpenters, electricians, painters, whatever. 
See, God really is interested in lots of things. And God really wants to equip lots of people. Not only to do spiritual stuff, but to give them a place to do their natural thing and at the same time capture their hearts for greater purposes. And I really see that um, big time. Individuals will have pieces of, of the vision or they will have their own vision. See, I don't really feel like that I'm going to... I don't have the whole vision. I'm depending on other people to bring stuff, to bring vision, to bring clarity, to add. Because of their like-minded father heart values, those things we were just talking about, missions, healing, prayer, etc., so on and forth, they will fit the criteria to become part of the larger collection of ministry. No more going to have a criteria. I don't just accept any Joe Blow, Tom, Dick, and Harry says, i got a call to do this. It's got to fit. It's got to be towards the Father's house. It's got to be a place where people can come and find the Father. It's got to be a place of revival. It's got to be a place where the river flows. And if people have that in their heart, we're thinking, well, come on, jump in. We're with you. <laughs> Help, come on. We need you. We need that stream you got that you're bringing that we don't have. It's a collective. Are you seeing what I'm saying to you? This is what the Lord's asking us to do. All right. Are y'all with me? God intends, by definition, God intends to release thoughts from His heart into our lives. God intends to release thoughts from His heart. And that's why John 151, everybody in this room needs to memorize that. Jesus said, you're going to see heaven open. And you're going to see angels and ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You are going to see that. Why aren't you seeing it? Because we are living here in our own natural mind. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to put my mind in you. And when you get my mind in you, you're going to start seeing stuff nobody else sees. And as somebody shared with me this morning, they're seeing it at work. It's not just in some meeting. Oh, that's what God was talking about. I see it. Because they got the mind of Christ. It's not some mystical, mythical you know, God wants to release His mind into every mind in this room. Yeah. It is our right. It is our inheritance. We cannot have a Christian life just trying to think like God. It doesn't work. Why do you think the Pharisees got so far off the boat? They were reading the Bible with their minds and trying to apply the Bible with their minds and we got into religion and deadness and killed Jesus over it. God wants to release his mind. He wants to put Jacob's ladder in your mind. Jacob's ladder is Jesus Christ. It's the mind of Christ. There's nothing stupid about it. There's nothing corny about it. There's nothing wild about it. It's simply our rights as children to have the mind of Christ and begin to function from that mind. Function from this mind. Not a, so we come to church, oh, it's just so hard to praise the Lord. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's hard to praise the Lord. Are you, are you, well, I have never thought of such a thing. I don't think in heaven they're saying it's hard to praise the Lord. Yeah, I see it. I ain't seen it. But when you start seeing with his mind, you think, praise the Lord, hey, it's easy. That's just slam easy. Here's what God wants to do. He showed me this morning. The Bible talks about entering in his rest. He showed me this huge bed. He said, Byron, get in that bed. I said, what's the bed? He said, it's the rest of God. 
It's the bed from heaven. Get in that bed and you can do whatever you need to do from that bed. You, you enter into His rest. You enter into the finished work. It, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. That's what Jesus said. Is Jesus a liar? Why is it so hard then? Now, He did say we'd have trouble, but He also brought this other factory in called peace. Now, let me just jump into that. Number one, we must begin to walk in His truth and an individual allow our minds to be renewed. That's what I'm talking about. So our lives are transformed and adjusted. We need to make some adjustments. See, what I'm talking to you about is an adjustment for me. It's not me. It's not my thoughts. It's when God began to release His thoughts, I made an adjustment. This is what God wants to do. So I'm adjusting to what God wants to do. Okay? That doesn't mean I'm 100% there on any of this. I'm in, the, I'm in the program, baby. I'm in the process. I'm, in the, I'm in the, on the journey. We, so we adjust His desires and His purposes. And that's really what I believe real true holiness is. That the holy life, uh, the best, for me, one of the best verses, few verses in the Bible about holiness is Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy, that's what it says, and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you, must, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let, everybody say let. let. See, that's where the thing comes in with your difficulties. It's the peace. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Or in other words, let the peace of God be the umpire. It says, hey, this ain't good. No, it's not good. That's, that's how it works. Never defile the peace. And many Christians defile the peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart to which you also called in one body and be thankful. Now, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let me tell you something. Everybody in this room has the entire Bible already in you. The entire Bible. The entire Bible is written on your hearts, the Bible says. It's already there. Somebody was telling me they was at work and some, some poor soul came dragging in there all beat up, slammed around, messed around. I'd been talking about the, the thoughts of God. Suddenly these scriptures started coming up out of them. That's what was happening. He was letting the mind of Christ come. So he starts quoting the scriptures to the person. Voila. The answer. Help the person. That's what people need. You've got it in you. It's in there. It's like I like to describe it. You know, they're saying put on here. Uh, there's this inf spiritual information superhighway for, for you people who like internet and stuff that's real and alive. And we can be connected into it. And as God may, He'll allow things to come from that highway. Information, downloads for you to function. That's the way we're supposed to live our Christian life. Trust me. For those of you who are not doing that, it's a lot better that way than just living out of here. A lot better. It's, great. it's wonderful. It's awesome. It's easy. It really is. It's easy. Christianity is easy. It really is. If you live from there, from the heavenly places. That's what Jesus said. You can tell me it's not. You can sit there and look at me like, no, it's not. But I'm telling you, I'm right. You're wrong because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Argue with the Bible. Argue with the Word. 
Now, that's really what we've got to come down to. Which is the, what's the problem here, Lord? It don't seem easy to me. Well, you need some peace. And when you get the peace operating in your life, the easy comes no matter what the circumstances say. And that's really how it has to be because he said we're going to have some trouble in this world. He said we're going to have some tribulation. We said we're going to have some difficulties. But if we can start seeing what he's saying about the situation, we'll have peace and things will work. and It'll be easy. You think, well, heck, I'm just going to go... I'm going to go lay down instead of be, instead of be anxious. Are you all okay? Yeah. Anyways, it says, And whatever you do in word and do, d- deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, through Christ. That's our access to the Father is Jesus. He's what's made it so wonderful. All right, a second immediate shift. So that's a shift. We're talking about, not just talking about this, we're talking about our lives being transformed. Now, I'm telling you, I'm looking for transformed lives. Some of you are godly people and, and have walked in some good anointings, but you're walking in yesterday's anointing. Not only do you need to be transformed from a perspective of, being, of becoming holy and righteous, but you also need to be transformed into the new anointing, the new flavor, the new thing that God's doing. Now, you need to let God do that to you. You need to let Him because God is on the move. And He wants us to go with Him. So you don't need to be sitting back there on Azusa Street, 1904, anointing, when there's a 2007 anointing that includes Azusa Street. It didn't do away with it, but there's something more. There's a fulfillment, there's a fullness that God wants to release to people. You see what I'm saying? There's more. God has more. He has more things He wants to release. And I love the Azusa Street anointing. I personally liked all that, speaking in tongues and carrying on, slobbering and acting crazy. That was great. But there's more. You know? So, um, anyways, a second immediate shift must be to give more place for women to rise up in ministry. Okay? We are committed to promoting women to more active roles in leading meetings and ministry times in our church. That's what we're doing right now. That's why Becky was up here today. I asked her to begin so she could sort of help the other women sort of see how she does it, sort of just use her as an example. We've believed all these lies about women in the church. It's just a bunch of garbage, people say. Their doctrines about bull. It's just bull. God created women to be the helpmeets. I mean, He created women to bring what God has given them into the house. As I have said, go into a house that's just lived with a bunch of men. You just don't want to be there. I mean, the, yeah, the commode looks like something died and just stuck there. And they don't care. Why don't you flush the commode? That's a constant question I get. Why? You know, you can use it a bunch of times and then flush it. You're saving water. I mean, it's practical. But women don't think that way. They think flush it every time and make sure the lid's down on it. And you're thinking, why do people do stuff like that? Why do you have to make the bed up every day? It's my thing. Why do you want to do this? This is much trouble. And I have to get up exactly when she gets up or she'll leave and I'll be stuck making the bed up. <laughs> but the, the church needs the women to arise. The church needs the women to arise. They've got something we're missing. And we've quenched them because of some man-made doctrine. Some man's twist on the Bible. They didn't find out what God was really trying to say. 
Anyways, uh, beginning with the pastors and their wives, husband and wife teams will be encouraged in ministry. Single women will be invited into leadership as well. And if they don't have a husband, we're going we'll, we're gonna to provide you know, the spiritual covering for them. So that's a practical thing that we're doing. A third step will be the pursuit of new facilities for this ministry. I want you to think this. What we've got is totally inadequate for what God wants to do. Just get it in your mind. It's inadequate. This ain't going to work for what God wants to do. We're talking about revival. We're talking about God moving. We're talking about inviting people to come and get touched by the Father's heart. Okay, we're going to have to make space for the people and give place for them people to come and be blessed and be touched and be ministered to. Okay, so what we got ain't going to work. It's good for today, but when, you know, in God's timing, it won't be good. So we've got to start thinking outside this. Uh, let's see, what was that? We will make an offer on the Shinville Road property. If you want to know about that, go talk to Tommy McCraw. Some family uh, property that was given to them, and uh, it's got some issues around access, which I believe was being the Lord, uh, which we're working on. So we're making... Um, Offers we made offers on property to get access to this other property that was given. Okay, that's the bottom line, and so that's all in the process. I'm thinking we're making offers and we don't even have no money to make offers, Lord. Okay, I was, th- I was telling, I was thinking one night after we made the offers. I was thinking, all right, if we get that, we got to cut a road in. The roads cost money. We're going to get the money to pay for the road. And then I saw the building back. I thought, forget them, forget the road. What about that building? Good gosh, how are we going to pay for that building? Listen, that's not a concern. How are you going to do that? It's like Doug said, how's not? What you've got to do is do God's will. There's favor attached to his will. There's favor attached to what he wants to do. When the time comes for the how and that, God will show the how. You know, like I said, I said earlier, we don't, you don't have to worry about us beating you to death for money. We'll give you opportunity to be blessed, but as long as Tony Baker's in this church, you'll never have to worry about that because he will fight you tooth and nail because he was in a church when I was all he talked about was getting money out of people to build buildings. We're not going to do that. You know, so don't worry about that. Don't even concern yourself with that. Uh, but one of the things we're going to do is we're going to hire an architect. I've got these thoughts in my head about this building. The en- this is the engineer part of me about a low-maintenance, multi-use building, okay? This low-maintenance, this is a wonderful building. I love this building, but honestly, it's a high-maintenance building. It requires a lot of maintenance to keep it going, to keep it looking decent, you know, because likes things clean. <laughs> Don't like clutter. You want to see her on a war path, she starts walking through this church and seeing a bunch of junk laying around. I go, oh, gosh, let me go out and clean that mess up. <laughs> But God really wants to, us to... He, there's these things that... And we need to get you know, architects, people who know what they're doing to help design this building and communicate these are things. I've got lots of you know, concepts about how to run the building. You know, but um, you know, that's neither here nor there. We're going to have a site plan, the whole site done, designed to be able to use it properly, functionally. So that's, you know, all that's big. That's really what we're, we're, we're pursuing that. Once we, we're going to go after that. Those are practical things we can do. Fourth initial step is, so these are, these are things we're really doing right this moment. Every one of these four things I've told you, or three things. And it's the fourth one is we will be a creation and implementation of a new leadership model consisting of tiers of leaders to shoulder responsibility and working out the vision. So... If you want to show this leadership structure here, so what we've done is we have 
made, and notice I put Becky and Byron as overseers. Remember when I said guardians? We were going to guard the vision. We were going to make sure the vision was right. That's what, how we see as overseers. It's not what Andy said, bishop and all that stuff. Yeah. What we're talking about is taking care of what God wants to be taken care of, protecting it, guarding it. Listen, we love you. You've got a great ministry, but it, it doesn't, you don't believe in healing. We're sorry. The Father's, the children's bread's healing. I'm just giving you an example. And then, then we have the elders and their wives and pastors and their wives. And again, for Andy Squires, he wanted to just make sure that didn't mean the elders were going to be on top of him. <laughs> That's just the way it was wrote. But notice I put the wives in there. And I'm not asking wives to go to a bunch of elders' meetings and all that because they would get mad. Like I do. Okay, going to meetings. But, you know, they, they are a part. We're making them a practical part. They will be meeting. We have advisors. An advisor is simply this. They're not, they don't have, you know, decision-making authority necessarily, but they have a voice. This representing the congregation. This is what's right for this congregation. This is, this is what the congregation needs. Making sure the congregation's interest is always being spoken. And, um, you know, I mean, that's a legal thing for advisors. Then we develop this new leadership tier here at the bottom. And that new leadership tier is simply this. It is for people who want to get in the river, who want to support the river, who can help bear the burden of what God's doing. I'm talking bear the burden. I'm talking about bear the ark, bear the presence of God, keep it from becoming a marsh here. You know, the picture is when the priest went down the Jordan with the ark, walked into the water with it. So we've got some people. You, anybody in this room could be in that. Okay, anybody could. If, you, if your heart's there, if your heart, we got some women in there, we got some men and women in there, and got like a single guy too in there, I think. But uh, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. There's two of you, Brian, right? So, there's two Brian's. No, I thank God there's not two Brian's because it'd be rough on everybody. <laughs> no. Um, all right, so that's sort of, you know, the leadership structure that we have that we are implementing now. As of this moment, that is official right now. And that's how we're going to do. It's how, you know, a practical thing we're going to do to try to pursue what God wants to pursue. All right, moving on. Um, are y'all good? Yeah. I'm about done. I'm at the end. All right, this perspective, this is a great uh, quote from old Henry Noween. If y'all have ever read Henry, he's a very interesting human being. These interesting people have these profound thoughts. He said, Jesus is the blessed one. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, a voice came from heaven saying, You are, you are my son, the beloved. My favor rests on you, Mark 1.11. That This was the blessing that sustained Jesus during his life. This blessing from the Father. Jesus came into the world to share that blessing with us. Jesus came into the world to share that blessing. God wants to share that blessing with us. And I believe God's been... But now God is saying to us, Listen... I have placed you in Mooresville, North Carolina. I have placed you here. I want you to begin to share this blessing of the Father's heart out and out and out. I want you to be able to bring it in, do it in here and take it out, and do it in here and take it out. Uh, the Father's heart rules in the Father's house. As the Beloved guides us into this new assignment, then we can be assured of His favor. And that's really what we're going to need is God's favor. And we'll talk about this more in the future about 
I've been studying this whole concept of favor for a while. Finally, the Lord's starting to really make it real to me. But there is a favor on being a child of God that's automatic. Every Christian has that favor. You have favor today if you're a child of God, period, because you're, you're part of the family. But there's also another favor that's associated with assignment. Okay? That's, that's another level, another dimension of favor that's associated with assignments. In other words, that favor goes with that assignment. And you just happen to be in the assignment, you're getting the benefit from the favor. So we can see that God really wants to bring, uh, not only He wants to bring the reality of your personal favor as a child of God, He wants to bring people into assignments and get that favor too because that really is an increase. That's a, that's a, that's a multiplication. Um, it's a large vision, a large assignment, an exciting invitation to see revival come in our midst. That's what we're asking for, revival. Oh, revive us, Lord. Second Thessalonians 1.12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. That's, that's the reason is for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you in Him, the Lord wants to share His glory with us. Not that we get glory in terms of credit, but He wants to release the glory of God upon people. And people will be drawn to those people because of the glory. You see what I'm saying? People would be drawn because of the glory. They would feel the glory. They, they may not consciously understand what the glory is, but that's really the thing. That's why you have to have revival. That's why you have to have the river. Because the revival, the river, brings the glory. And apart from that, you just got a good plan, a good talk, and a good thing, and none of that works. According to the grace, it's all grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So that's the end. What, uh, for, let me just, before I end here, number one, I want to thank just people who helped me put this together because trust me, I can't do this. Number one is Donna made me get organized. Donna Culler, yeah. People don't know that my organization is my next step. That's how organized I am. If I can get my next step done, I'm more. Janet wrote this, took my slang, crummy, way of talking and put it on a piece of paper where people could read it and not feel like, what an idiot <laughs> who wrote this. Nobody's going to follow a vision from some idiot who wrote something. And then uh, Brian Summers did the presentation, helped us lay out this little booklet that I want you to pick up when you leave. Everything that I said that he put up here is in this booklet that Heather Wickers spent eight hours working on to do. So it took a lot of work to pull this off I want to thank them, but this is indicative of what this is going to do to fulfill this vision. It's going to take a lot of people to do it. A lot of people. It's not a one-person thing. It's a thing where God really wants to bring a lot of people and involve them in real spiritual and practical ways. Now, if you have any questions, you can send them to, to my email, and I will attempt to answer them. Like, it may not be that I can answer them because you can't answer questions you don't have the answer to because every vision has holes in it. And I learned a long time ago that you don't make up stuff. And we also have a CD of the day. Well, I share with you, if you want to get a CD of it, it'll be out there to hear it again 